0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Signs, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. It sounds like a broken record, I guess. Maybe I said this last week. School is back. Back to school is in full swing. It looks a lot different uh, across the state of Texas and across the country. We're going to get into that discussion and how it relates to local government overreach and, and why it's important for you to know these things. And look, we put up a blog post about this recently. It's not just about COVID-19 and the virus. When you go back to school, you need to remember what your rights are, uh, whatever format you and your family have decided to use. And that could be changing as well. We're going to get into some interesting discussion about that today. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as it relates to the courts, the legislature, and the media. And I'm excited about the guests we have today because – He knows all about these different arenas, that's for sure, and he certainly knows a lot about education. Kevin Roberts is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He is the executive director of Texas Public Policy Foundation, one of the largest, if not the largest, nonprofit public policy organizations in the state of Texas and possibly as far as state-based groups in the country. I know they also have an office in D.C. They have a a former member of their team that also is doing great things in Washington, D.C. Uh, But there's no question that our partners, who are right across the street from us on Congress, Texas Public Policy Foundation, do great work. Kevin, welcome to the Texas Values Report.
1: Man, it's great to be with you. Jonathan, you all do great work, and and we team up whenever we can. It's, of course, very grateful for the audience, for your show, and, and everyone who supports Faith, Family, and Freedom. Those are the principles that motivate our work every day, and those are the principles that are going to help keep Texas Texas even amid all of the chaos in 2020.
0: Well, there's no doubt. And look, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about issues regarding education and local government lately, and we know you've got a lot of background on that. I'm going to just talk a little bit about that. You and I were chatting offline a minute ago about some of these things. Uh, Kevin Roberts has his Ph.D. in American history from the University of Texas where he served as a history professor in New Mexico. He also was a teacher, a professor, a headmaster, a college president once at Wyoming Catholic College, which I understand they called them the Cowboy Catholics. That's kind of a cool name, right? If you're if you're referred to, oh, that's the Cowboy Catholic. I kind of like that, and that could uh, fit pretty well here in Texas.
1: Well, it, it could. You know, it's it, people thought that well, that's that's because the president is, is an adopted Texan, and actually it isn't. It's because we were in Wyoming, and at graduation we would give each of our graduates a, a black Stetson. So whenever we decided that the, the Obama administration could keep its student loan and grant money and we were going to go off and be independent of all of that with, with strings attached – the New York Times gave us that label, I think somewhat pejoratively, but we loved it, and it's something that's followed me along, and being a guy who wears boots and a hat and packs some heat, uh, it's, it's probably apt.
0: Hey, I'm right there with you, and I'm glad that uh, we're sort of neighbors. I mean, we don't live down the street from each other, but maybe closer than some, and so we're excited about the work you're doing, though, at Texas Public Policy Foundation, uh, and you're not new there anymore. I mean, you've been there for several years now. That team has grown And look, I mean, a lot of this has come into focus lately, your background, the role that you have in the organization has as it relates to these issues of education. I know you've been outspoken a lot about that. But let's talk a little bit about that as people are going back to school. Some people maybe next week. Who knows when Austin ISD is going back to school, but that's a whole other story. But speaking of the Austin area, a lot of this has been happening right here in the city where you and I office. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about uh, your concerns and your opinions on this, but also the voice that Texas Public Policy Foundation has had on these issues as well.
1: Well, you bet. And thanks for that question. In a lot of ways, of all of the very important questions we're asking about COVID and the, the policy consequences, the most important, I think, is about education, particularly K-12 education. And I say that not just as a, as a policy guy, but as an educator. I'm a fifth-generation teacher. I see the world through the lens I would like to think of kids. I think obviously you and your listeners and and all of our various friends understand that they absolutely are the future of this state and this country. And so that's the context for a headline I'm going to write for you, which is that it's absurd that we're allowing school districts not to have class in person. Parents, as we know, are the first and primary educators of their children. And what these school districts are doing, and frankly, I think what the state government has allowed them to do too much of, is they've taken away the rights of those parents to make that decision. In other words, Jonathan, if parents decide for whatever reason that they want to keep their kids at home, go for it. In fact, my wife and I have done that with our four kids. We homeschool our kids. So we make that decision every year. But I think what we need to get back to as folks who understand what is right about human formation and children and education is emphasizing that school districts have class in person because that's best for kids or they don't get their funding. And I will applaud our governor and governors around the country, certainly our president for drawing that line in the sand.
0: We're talking with Kevin Roberts, executive director of Texas Public Policy Foundation. And, Kevin, you know how these things work. That's likely to end up on social media uh, later. So thank you for summing it up very well, your absurd comment. Our social media team is is paying attention to that. But it really puts into frame or or puts into focus – these issues, and there's been a lot of discussion about it, you know. And I have to praise really a lot of private schools. The kids in, in my home are are going to a, a variety of different schools, and so we've seen we've seen a little bit of homeschool, we've seen a little bit of hybrid in our family, we've seen uh, private school, and the private schools I think are many of them are going above and beyond when it comes to safety measures, and many of them are going back in person one way or another. And you and you see that there's a private school in South Texas where the local government has told them they cannot open this is a private religious school and so and my point here is that the schools that are opening particularly some of the private schools they've put in a lot of safety measures the state okay um our texas education agency and uh, commissioner has said that in-person instruction is the preferred model and there's all these different guidelines that you have to go through that a lot of school districts are doing and so there's been a climate that's been created where kids can go in person but to your point if this doesn't work well for parents or they're having struggles in their uh, particular area of the state, they can choose to homeschool or bring their kids home. That's what a lot of school kids are doing anyway.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And and, and that's why I I just find it so frustrating that we're allowing government schools and government bureaucrats to make decisions that parents ought to be making. In other words, I would support 100 percent of the time whatever decision a family wants to make right now about the best place for their child to be educated. If they're concerned about yep. a spike in the virus and they're part of the state, then by all means, exercise your rights as parents and, and use an alternative. I happen to believe, and, and a lot of data has shown this in the last three or four weeks, that the risks to children of not being in those in-classroom environments are far greater than any risk they have to the virus. We have had a grand total of five fatalities under the age of 18 in the whole state of Texas from COVID. I I have tears in my eyes as I say that because I can't imagine going through that, and I pray for those families. So you know, your audience knows I'm not being dismissive of those five little ones, but we have to put that in context. We have lost dozens of children, unfortunately, to car accidents. I mean, they're they're just in that same time period. There are a lot of risks out there. And for children aged one to 17 or 18, COVID is like number 50 on the list. We really do need to bring some perspective to the decisions we're making in our government schools.
0: No, there's no question. And look, that's right. We, We don't lose our compassion for the loss of life. But when we look at the issues that are going on we have to not be afraid to put this information forward so people have the right type of facts and information when they're making these decisions about what's best for their families. If you go to our website, txvalues.org, you can see two great pieces. One of them is about the back-to-school issue, what's going on with public schools, what's going on with local government intruding on some of the private schools and religious schools and even public schools, but also what your rights are, your religious freedom rights, all those different things. But included in that, is a link and some discussion about if you're deciding to withdraw your student because you're just, you know, really fed up with a lot of these things or feel like you want to take control of that. We've got some resources there, you know, and in a lot of families – are doing that, Kevin, you know, and it's unfortunate because I think um, if they feel like they've been pressured to or they're left with no option, but it is a recognition and a reminder of how important that freedom, that homeschooling, and how well, as you've seen it play out in your home and I have as well, how well the students can be trained when it's the parents, when it's the family that's providing that one-on-one instruction.
1: Well, that's right. And, and Jonathan, I should emphasize a previous point that you made, having started a private K-12 through faith-based school and having run the college, as you mentioned, and that is that private schools are almost assuredly going to do an excellent job of having good protocols in place because their value proposition is to have kids there in the classroom and, of course, to form the whole person. Mm-hmm. And I also happen to believe that there would be some government school districts in the state that would do the same thing. I'm not uh, trying to throw them under the bus. But the problem is, because of the lens through which you and I see this working in in downtown Austin, the Austin Independent School District is not just one of the worst in the state, but one of the worst in the country when it comes to protecting parental rights. And obviously, you and I know that isn't just about COVID. It's also about things like sex education and and, uh, curricula generally.
0: Now, look, there's been a lot of problems like that. Well, let's shift a little bit. Speaking of Austin ISD, City of Austin, you know, the education issue has not been the only one, but it has been one of the big issues that's been going on with local government and some at the state level as well with our concerns about the response of government to some of the COVID-19 and virus issues. Your organization has really been working on a lot of fronts as it relates to pushback against local government. Um, Tell us what you're seeing as far as your supporters and other people across the state. It, it seems like that mes- message is resonating. And particularly in the city of Austin, a lot of people have had enough with the local government being out of control in in the overreach that we're seeing.
1: Oh, I tell you, it, it's so frustrating. I happen to to love Austin. I, I choose not to live there because I'm trying to raise kids in a, in a better environment. But I lament that because it's it should be the greatest capital city of all of our states in the union and what the current administration is doing and certainly the city council is doing is tearing that beautiful city apart and as i i I joked in the office today or, or this week Austin is weird is something that we ought to sort of aspire to. We've gotten to Austin as crazy. And so what we're trying to do at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, given that we focus on public policy, is to identify the problems. And we're being very factual when we say that there are extensive problems in Austin. Witness the defund the police uh, ordinance that was passed last week, but we're also cheerful warriors, and that comes from our supernatural optimism. And so we always want to put alongside those problems a set of solutions. And so if people are interested in looking at the solutions we have for local government overreach, they can come to TexasPolicy.com. And by the way, I should say we're always, always, always open to ideas and input from regular folks. That's, that's really what helps us do our work well because we happen to do our work in a place that needs a whole lot of help.
0: Well, and I appreciate you mentioning that on the funding issue because you know you saw a decrease in law enforcement funding, and then we saw an increase in money that the City of Austin was shifting for. Uh, abortion entities or entities that support abortion or that help young girls go get an abortion. Groups like Jane's Due Process and others, they up their funding for those groups. And that is an issue that's been of concern to us. We've been messaging against, we've testified against, and we'll be continuing to uh, keep the pressure on. And And I appreciate that you mentioned your website. And the work that y'all do at Texas Public Policy Foundation, because, uh, and their website is texaspolicy.com if you want to check out all their resources. Great information there. Y'all do an event, I believe it's every year, right, annually. The the big policy forum that y'all put on usually in January. And a lot of the reason why we now are doing a policy forum is because of the great work that y'all have done. And, you know, we're, we're not quite at your level yet. Uh, and we have a little bit different focus on some different issues but I really am impressed by the work that you and your team doing are doing and have been doing. And that's why on September 18th and 19th, we have the Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum coming up here in Austin. And we're excited. You're going to be one of our speakers. Man, I I,
1: I can't wait to go. In fact, my, my wife was was as tickled as I was that— you invited me. It's a great privilege to, to do that for for you and to be with your group, and we're looking forward to being at your, your dinner that night, as I know a lot of your supporters will attend. This is the kind of thing we need to do, Jonathan. We people who understand faith, family, and freedom is we cannot concede any part of the public square. We need to be out in the public square stating the truth time and again, hopefully in a way that broadens our audience, hopefully in a way that while not at all betraying our principles, we can convey in a way that is inspirational and aspirational. And I think if we can continue to be cheerful warriors, especially amid all of the chaos of 2020, we are going to sanctify the public square. And there is no state in the union that better understands that, that has lived out that more even prior to Texas being a state (laughs) than the great state of Texas. So thank you and all of your staff at Texas Values for being such a vital part of that solution.
0: Well, no, I appreciate it. We're talking with Kevin Roberts, the executive director of Texas Public Policy Foundation. He's going to be one of the speakers at the Texas Values Policy Forum that's on September 18th and 19th here in the central Texas area. Get your tickets now at txvalues.org. It's right there on our homepage. You can see a big picture of Abby Johnson, of Ken Paxton. There's a whole group of people. Kevin Roberts is on um, this list, as we just mentioned. You've also got Texas Supreme Court John Devine. We've got Ryan Anderson from Heritage Foundation. A lot of great smart people that are going to have a lot of great information. And there's a live stream option. So look, we understand if people, you know, for whatever reasons, also want to view from home. So it's in person, but we're also offering a live stream option. Kevin, you know, look, you've been doing this event at Texas uh, Public Policy Foundation, a big policy event. Uh, for quite some time. You know, we took the plunge, if you will, and decided to do this three years ago. This will be our third year in a row. But gosh, we got so much great feedback. And I was going through that again yesterday in the office, some of our response forms, just to see what people think. You know, just an event that's two days can really have a big impact on people to get them encouraged and excited. And I love, I might put that in your title at the event, right? This is the cheerful warrior, but that is what we need. And sometimes it's those events like that that really are the spark for people going on to do great things later.
1: Oh, amen. And I'll just say from having attended uh, one of those first conferences that you held that it is uh, just a a great shot in the arm. Obviously, you all do a great job of diagnosing the problems, and there are some problems that are serious. But you frame that in a way that's very cheerful. Excuse me, cheerful. And so I would encourage everybody, especially if you're feeling a little dismayed or a little pessimistic about the future of Texas and America, attend your event because I know that they will leave there being a lot more optimistic about what's ahead.
0: Well, I couldn't have said it any better. You can get your tickets at TXValues.org. If you want to find out more about the work that Kevin Roberts is doing at Texas Public Policy Foundation, go to TexasPolicy.com. Kevin, thank you again for being a guest today on the Texas Values Report, and God bless you and your family and all of your team at Texas Public Policy Foundation.
1: Thanks so much, Jonathan, and God bless you.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's great to have Kevin on. Uh, You know, (laughs) this is someone who you heard him mention. He has some background in Texas, right? And I wanted to have a little bit more fun with him, but I wanted to respect his schedule. Uh, you know, we the the University of Texas has this phrase, or they used to. I think they're still using it in marketing. What happens here changes the world. And I don't have a Ph.D. from UT like Kevin does. I have my undergraduate degree there, but certainly take a lot of pride in what we're doing. And, you know, it's great to have him back in Texas though, um, and doing great work because, you know, look, it, Texas is has the 10th largest economy. In the world, um, you know, we have a lot of pride in what we do. There's just something different about being a Texan when you travel other places. People seem to notice, whatever the case may be. But you know, what I like so much about Kevin is the responsibility that he understands in the work that he's doing, and in the level of professionalism that him and his team bring to the table. And we, you know, they worked on a case, uh, they did a lot more work than we did, but on a case regarding parental rights that went up to the Texas Supreme Court, and there was a victory on a parental rights issue, and so um, that one of his colleagues was involved in, Rob Henicky but they do great work over there. And, and look, these issues a lot of times intersect when you look at uh, really being a check on government, government accountability, right? Um, And and some of the policy issues that relate to fiscal matters, those are things that we work on and we care about, uh, members of our team care about at Texas Values, uh, but aren't aren't always as central. They're a little bit central for them, and sometimes they intersect like they did recently on the life issue here in the city of Austin and, and some of the funding. But also on this issue lately with local government, right? You see some of the public schools that um, are, are really misstating what the law is or they're trying to create more government for local school districts that are trying to navigate some of these issues. There's a story out of South Texas. I believe the school is Laguna Madre, our good friends at First Liberty Institute. They are the lawyers for this private religious school. It's a Christian school in the government in Cameron County in South Texas is telling them they cannot open till August 31st. Attorney General Paxton has already put a letter out on this weeks ago, making it clear that these local governments cannot have these blanket bans on the on these private schools, particularly the ones that are religious. So this issue may end up in court. Where are we? Today is August twenty uh, second, twenty third. I got to look at my calendar here. Um, but you know, so we're about a week away from that happening. Twenty first, excuse me. And so, um, you know, look, I mean, the focus should be able to get to keep the kids safe and let teachers get their you know, course plans ready and all that good stuff. Everybody make sure they're ready. And instead, they've got to be concerned about whether or not they're going to be allowed to meet. They might end up in court. And this is a clear example of government overreach that we warned about several weeks ago. That's why Attorney General Paxson put out a letter. And what's frustrating about some of these issues is all of this could be avoided. That's why the attorney general's office put a letter out making it clear. Here's where the lines are drawn on these issues. So there's no reason that a local government should be in a position to say, oh, this is how we think we're supposed to do it, or we're not really sure what to do, whatever their reasons are. But the local governments are accountable to the state. They don't make their own rules and have no accountability. They're really a, a, a function and creative out of state government. A lot of these local governments forget that. And so guess who is the interpreter or the person that backs them up or is the main authority if there's a question about uh, local and state law? The attorney general of the state of Texas. That's Ken Paxson. He's already addressed the issue. And here's the other thing. When you're a local government official and there's clearly established law or it's been made very clear where the lines are drawn and you continue to defy that, you run the risk of having liability individually and personally if you lose in court. And so the stakes are going to be really high if Cameron County continues to force this issue. and um, But we're going to see how it goes. And we're glad that our friends at First Liberty Institute, headed up by Kelly Shackelford, are taking on that case. And if you have similar concerns about that, call our office. We'll back you up. We'll help you get the support you need. And go to our website, txvalues.org, or send an email at info at txvalues.org. Speaking of Kelly Shackelford, <laughs> excuse me. He is also going to be one of our speakers at the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum. Uh, Look, we had our early bird pricing ended on Wednesday. And ticket sales shot through the roof. I mean, I was really excited to see people respond to that. But sometimes people respond like that when there's a deadline, and we get that. But I also was excited to see such a great response to this event because there's a lot of things swirling around right now, and we understand that. But we think this two-day event is going to be one of the most important events that you'll go to this year. And it's very timely. Okay. We're, it's going to be about 60 days or less than 60 days before the election. It's going to be three or four months before the legislative session. A lot of things for you to know and get prepared for and then exercise your rights. And so, but we still do have tickets. Go to txvalues.org, get your tickets. The live stream option is only $10. So that's almost two days of 30 of the most thought provoking, uh, professional, knowledgeable, expert speakers. I mean, Kelly Shackelford's argument before the U.S. Supreme Court. I think they had one or two wins this uh, this past year on religious liberty. He was named one of the top 25 lawyers in the past 25 years in the state of Texas. You heard Kevin Roberts okay? speak. One of the members of their team is now working at the Trump administration. They've got a D.C. office. They see a whole lot of things, and they do it and execute it at the highest level. These are the type of speakers that are going to be at the Texas uh, Values Faith, family, and freedom policy forum. I want to go back to, though, an article that I mentioned, which is on our homepage. You want to check this out about what your rights are going back to school. Know your rights, know, excuse me, know your back to school rights, and it's not just about the coronavirus, right? Don't forget, in the public schools, and and there should be more freedom for this at the private school, of course, at your home school at home too, but in the public school uh, setting, you do have religious liberty rights. Okay, If you want to take time to pray over your meal, if you have non-instructional time where you get a break and you want to pray, we were talking about that earlier this week because if you think about all the stress and some of the anxiety and things going along with kids going back to school, that's always there. But then add to it you know, some safety measures and all these things going on. And I'm sure the kids and a lot of parents and uh, teachers are excited about being in the classroom. But at the same time, there are you know, a lot of circumstances that they're not used to even more reason why you would expect they might want to take a little time in prayer, either to calm themselves down or just to, you know, get through the school day or to be able to focus on their schoolwork. All those things like all of us need at times, right? We we start just starting the new school year. You need a little bit more comfort, but also those reminders of what they believe in throughout the school day and throughout the school week. That's why it's important to know your rights. And we have specific state law on this issue. In 2007, I was a part of an effort to pass a law, the School Children's Religious Liberty Bill, that really just puts into state law what the U.S. Supreme Court has said on these issues. You want to have a Christian club before school. You want to do events like see with the pole where you pray at the flagpole, excuse me, the morning before school starts. A variety of different rights you have. In addition to that, the parental rights to say, I don't want my child uh, being exposed to this sex education that I'm not comfortable with. All that information is in our blog post That is, you can find linked on our homepage, uh, back to school rights. COVID-19 isn't the only issue. Uh, It's right there. But um, there's also information if you're trying to still figure out how your child is going to be schooled, right? If you want to withdraw and become a homeschool family, we'll connect you with our friends at Texas Homeschool Coalition and others so you can find out how to execute that. Their numbers are through the roof of people that are deciding to homeschool. And so, uh, and look, we get it too. If for for whatever reason that to you is is more of a safety issue and you want your child at home, we totally understand. It's great to have that freedom and options, and we want to make sure people know about it. There are twelve hundred school districts in the state of Texas. There are two hundred fifty four counties in our state. There's a lot of ground to cover. So forward that information and share this post. Uh, When we're done here, or during the time that we're finishing up, so people can continue to hear about the work that we're doing. And don't forget to get your tickets to the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Public Policy Forum, excuse me, Policy Forum on September 18th and 19th. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.